From Bumble Australia and Shameless Media, this is Love Etc. When my love takes me home, it's one of five eight, thirty miles on. Foot like lead, nerves like steel, wild ride when it's taking the wheel. We've all whispered about the engaged couples who split just before their wedding. What happened? How did everything go so wrong so quickly? And what's it like to inform your loved ones that the wedding you spent months planning together is now cancelled? Welcome to Love Etc., where your hosts, Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, you're listening to Love Etc., a podcast by Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move. If you're anything like us, you know of someone who had to call off their wedding. You probably heard about it on the grapevine. Maybe you trawled through the couple's respective Instagram profiles trying to figure out what happened. Maybe you hypothesized about what caused the split with your girlfriends over Sunday brunch. Well, today we speak to someone who has been there, who just five weeks out from their big day had their life completely flipped upside down by the person they loved. Today, we want you to meet Ash. I used to do um, event coordination for a hotel where I was where I was living, and I was organising or facilitating this modelling comp. And we needed a judge from a close fitness first, or because they were a sponsor. And so Josh was, yeah, a personal trainer from Fitness First who agreed to come down and judge a modelling comp, and that's how we met. What was your first impression of him? Uh, he's very calming very different to me, very soft and quiet natured, loved the things that I did and he was very into the health world and and things like that. There was just that connection. He probably softened me a little bit, probably a calming presence to my nature. So Ash and Josh got talking at the event, but there was a little bit of mixed messaging and mixed signals to start. Ash was interested in Josh in a romantic sense, but Ash was asking Josh so many questions about work, he thought she wanted him to be her personal trainer. Yeah, just a little bit awkward. I think initially I he asked what I was doing on the weekend. So I said I had a free Sunday and he was like, oh, you know, do you want to kind of go for a walk and we can talk more about work and And I kind of said, yeah, okay. And we kind of did the walk. I was thinking it was a date. He was thinking it was work. We went to lunch. And then he must have said something really awkward as as I was going back to work. And I kind of realized where his head was at. He said something like, I don't date my clients. And so I just sent him a text message being like, I'm not looking to be your client. And then um, from there, we went on probably a date maybe the next Wednesday. The first year was an interesting year, a really good year. I think I was quite a party goer at this point. And like I said, he was a very calming presence. So for me, our initial couple of months was me actually just wanting to be with someone that wasn't in that scene and just really enjoying that time, you know, going home from work and just having dinner off it casually and off to the side. And so that was the first couple of months. That's why I guess what I was looking for at the time. We did fall fast and hard, hard and fast. And I just remember going over to his house one night and I opened up his laptop to look at something and engagement rings were sitting on the browser two and a half months in. 
And I kind of just twisted the um, laptop over to him and was like, uh, what is this? And it kind of shocked me because I didn't think it would be that soon. Um, we obviously didn't live together or anything. And that kind of planted the seed that that's where his head was at. We didn't then get engaged until a year and a bit after that. We moved in together in the next month with my family, my brother and sister. And yeah, I guess the first year was him setting the scene and me kind of thinking that that was going to happen for the next year without really assessing whether or not that's fully what I wanted. I obviously was very in love and and into the relationship. There was no doubt about that in my mind. It's hard to think now without putting my reflections back from how I feel now versus how I was back then. Two and a half months is not long at all for someone to be Googling engagement rings. Did you just spend the next year kind of waiting for it to happen? And did it give you the sense that maybe he was moving much faster than you were kind of prepared for? Maybe not that I was prepared for. I think it happened and I kind of put it in my mind that that's where his head was at. And I was happy. I was I was shocked, but then I was happy about it. And then we moved in together. And so... Yeah, like you said, I thought for the next year it was going to happen and I guess I was waiting for that and I guess the longer it went on, the more I thought, oh, my God, what have I done for it not to have happened, you know, sooner. We obviously spoke about it when I saw the rings and we we saw a ring a month later that I really liked, but then it didn't happen for the next year. So I kind of spent that year waiting for it and it not really happening and then me wondering had I done something that maybe changed his mind and so that's kind of how we spent the the year. Tell us about the absolute golden days like everyone who's in love or falls in love with someone has standout memories of just like blissful moments they spent together. Take us to one of those blissful memories. The way I kind of remember it is I I kind of adored and idolized the person that he was when I love you, I will be your biggest supporter and your number one fan. And so for me, I just kind of remember having that adoration for him and and his work and, and how good he was in his work. And he was kind of a health practitioner as well as a PT, so kind of organic and that really healthy lifestyle. And he was so good at it and had changed so many people's lives that I just believed in him so much. So kind of when I look back and think about how it was, I mean, We had beautiful moments together, but I just remember kind of adoring him and idolising him and supporting the person that he was and what he believed in. Let's talk about that proposal. How did he propose in the end? Uh, So we'd been house hunting or apartment hunting that whole day and I was hungover, (laughs) standard, Um, and we'd gone into the house and I think we'd been house hunting for six months at this point. And so I kind of just walked into that last house and said, yeah, yeah, put it put a bit in, I'm done, whatever. Um, And so he did and we went and got burgers um, and then we went home and he was like, let's go for a picnic. And I do cheese tabling as a side business. So it was usually me who organizes the cheese and and everything else. But he was like, I've got some stuff, we'll go for a picnic. So we kind of just walked down there. We kind of set up the rug. I got all, even though I didn't pack the cheese in that, I was getting it all out And as I was getting it all out, he hadn't really moved much behind me. And so I kind of was like, what is he doing? I turned around and he was on one knee with the ring that we'd picked out. And he was just like, will you marry me? 
all I remember is bursting into tears. I was so shocked. I think you wait your whole life for that moment, right? And then when it happened, I think I was just so overwhelmed. And I guess I'd been waiting for it for over a year that I felt kind of really overwhelmed and just cried. And then finally I realised I hadn't answered the question. And so I said yes. And then we just sat and enjoyed um, we obviously rang our families, but just enjoyed a beer and cheese on a clifftop near where we lived. What was your parents, your best friends, your siblings' reactions? Were they all like, yes, this is it for you, this is the guy? At the time, I probably thought that. I do remember thinking, oh, I thought mum would be a little bit more ecstatic. I guess he'd already asked them uh, three to six months prior so they kind of knew it was coming I guess they too were waiting for when it would end up happening or if if he would do it at all yeah I mean everyone was ecstatic I was devastated that I wasn't able to be with them in that moment or even you know around that time but I yeah now that you say that I do remember thinking mum wasn't as ecstatic as I'd hoped for and yeah I guess they knew it was coming but everyone was happy I, I mean it's a good life moment right people were wanting to support it I want to know what was the wedding planning stage like? So you get engaged, you're all excited, you're living together, you start planning the wedding straight away? My brothers and sisters um, were living over in New Zealand at the time and so we um, we gave it a bit of time before we had the engagement. So the engagement, the we actually got engaged in April and the engagement party was in December. So we kind of thought we'll do that when they get back to the country and then we'll have kind of a year from there. So I... By the time this all went down, I did wedding plan for about nearly 18 months in total. And yeah, I was just kind of meandering and doing it as I went. I'm a bit of an organizational person. So I just booked it as we needed to. It was all in the area where we lived. And so, yeah, I just spent the 18 months kind of doing an engagement and then doing a a wedding planning. He wanted to be involved to a point. There were certain things that he obviously wanted to have. But being the organisational person, he left a lot of it kind of to me and I would always check in and see if it's what he wanted equally. But, yeah, it was a a full-on year. I remember we went and we booked the ceremony and then, you know, a couple of months later they told us they double booked and so we had to rebook somewhere else. And there was always those little bit of moments in between. It was a a busy, busy 18 months and by the end of it I'd obviously organised everything and there was not really much, much left. I don't know if this is accurate. Tell me if it's not, but you strike me as the kind of person who has thought a lot about what you want your wedding to look like. Like this is a really important day for you. I imagine if you invest that much time and energy into the day, you're really excited about what it's going to look like. Can you take us through what the wedding plan was? Where were you going to get married? Why did you choose the kind of wedding that you did? I wanted it to be a wedding that was accessible for both families. Myself being a country girl, I wanted it to be able to drive from the country for them to get my family to get there. And I wanted it to be somewhere that wasn't too expensive and not so over-consuming for everyone that it was kind of an irritation. So we booked a a different clifftop because the clifftop we got engaged in, like I said, was double booked. So we booked a different clifftop. We were just going to have the ceremony there, you know, acoustic guitar, just nice ceremony with everyone, drinks afterwards, photos with all of the family, and then down to the seafood restaurant on the water down where we live and just have a party down there with everyone. So I, we weren't going to have buses or anything because it was also close For me, I just wanted it to be somewhere beautiful for everyone. Being from the country, I wanted 
the country people to enjoy the seafood on the water and have that as a big vibe. So, yeah, that's kind of how I remember the wedding plans. And the dress was nothing, nothing as to what I would ever think I would wear. I look, I look back at it now and I nearly die that I'd even picked it. But what I do remember is going into the shop and everyone told you you would have that moment where you would be like, this is it, this is the one. And I walked out in this dress and I just tried it on because I'd seen it in photos and I just remember getting that feeling of going, oh, wow, I I think this is it. Like I felt like I looked really beautiful. It was not what I thought, but I thought, yeah, I just, and mum and my my sister who was with me cried and so I just kind of was like that's kind of it. Looking back, it was nothing of what I would ever have worn. It ended up being the hottest day of the year, that day that we were supposed to get married. And it was a full length, a full sleeve, length gown, sequins, hot. I would have died. That's what I went with. Completely different to anything I would ever wear before. I show friends now the sequin dress and people are like, what? We'd never thought you would wear anything like that ever. But I did have the moment, like the moment, and I did enjoy the process of, of finding the dress. Coming up after the break, why Ash's cancelled wedding was actually the best thing to ever happen to her. First, it's time for a bumble break. Do you want more dating content? Well, you are only human. Bumble is truly giving the people what they want, Mish. If you are loving the podcast and want to hear more on sex, dating, and intimacy, it is time to head over to the Bumble Australia Instagram account. There you can join Bumble's resident sex and dating expert, Chantelle Otten, for her fortnightly video series on sex. Chantelle is an award-winning sexologist and is the authority on sex and dating, so you better believe that when she's giving tips on navigating intimacy with a new partner or ways to end a relationship without ghosting someone, we are giving her our full attention. Even better, you can have your burning love, sex and dating questions answered by Chantelle and Bumble too. By heading to the at Bumble underscore Australia Instagram account, you won't just be able to watch the videos, you will also be able to submit any questions that are top of mind. Thank you, Bumble, for giving the people the sex, dating and relationships content they deserve. Download Bumble today and make the first move. One app, three modes, one mission. Everything was going great and then five weeks before the wedding, everything changed. Talk to us about the day where you wrote to us that something came completely out of the blue. So on the Monday, um, I'd had a bit of a falling out with a friend and so I went, I didn't want it to become any part of the wedding at all that there, that I would have a negative experience at the wedding because I'd had a falling out with a friend that really upset me and I didn't want that to have anything to do with the wedding. So I went and saw a psychologist and I was working through that in the weeks prior. So this random Monday night I came and I'd done the sessions and I'd kind of worked through everything and I said to Josh, I feel like I'm starting to feel really good. You know, it's really close. I feel like I've worked that all out. I'm really excited about the wedding and said, how do you feel? And um, it's like, oh, I was like, what? He's like, oh, look, you know, I'm just feeling some anxiety about the wedding. And, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, 
you know, you kind of felt like this with the engagement party, you're really introverted, I'm extroverted, I totally get that it may be, you know, a lot for you to think about. So maybe do you want to go and talk to someone about it? Or, you know, maybe talk out the anxiety, you know, is it because, you know, you had some stuff with your family that wasn't so positive through your life that maybe you're worried about it? I don't know, I just, I was taken, really taken aback that he was anxious, because nothing had been said. Then when he said he was anxious, I thought, oh, my God, maybe it's just because it's a big thing and he doesn't want to be the centre of attention. And I totally get that. So I went to work the next day and I rang my mum and I told her what was going on. And she said, I think it's like Mr. Big and Carrie from Sex and the City. I feel like he wants you but doesn't want the whole big thing the whole big wedding and the, even though it wasn't, it was um, a smaller wedding and I did it for really cheap, but I kind of thought maybe she's right. Maybe he just wants the smaller sort of time. So I came back to him the next day and said, hey, look, if it's going to be that much of a worry, do you think maybe we just do for dinner? Maybe we cancel the weddings and we just bring our two families together and maybe we just do that. And, And that might be nice, you know. And then when that wasn't the answer, I realized that it was a lot bigger than not wanting to do the wedding or a little bit of anxiety about the wedding. I knew something was wrong. And so I I went again to work the next day and kind of broke down in tears and I said to my boss, I'm just going to go home. I'm just going to go and stay with my family for a week. I just want to process some things, maybe leave him here in Sydney and have some time to think. So I raced home. I packed my car. He wasn't supposed to be home. He was supposed to be at work. And he walked in the door and I was like, I'm going home. I'm just going to, I think we'd both need some time just to think about what's going on. And he said, look, Ash, I love you, but I'm not ready to get married. And my best friend about a year prior to that had given, or maybe it was two years, had given that exact line to her fiancé who she had broken up with. And I was there as the support person for her. So as soon as that that line came out of his mouth, I was like, oh, my God. And I stood up in our apartment and I was kind of like, are you are you that serious? Like you, you don't, you're willing to give up your life in our house? Like is that how, is that where we're at? And he just went, yep. And I just picked up the phone to my sister and I said, effing fly me home now. And she goes, what? I said, don't ask any questions. Just book me my ticket home. And I will, I will, you tell me where my itinerary is and I will fly home right now. And she just said, okay. And so she booked my tickets. She sent me my itinerary. I burst into tears. He walked into the other room and she sent my itinerary. And, yeah, I think that moment was the most awful moment. I went into a really, really bad headspace in that moment. I think complete pride had been shot to shit and I just went into the the defensive mode of, well, I don't want to be here anymore because if this is what's happened to me, like just when something really bad happens and you don't want to deal with it, your body just defensively goes, I don't want to do this, I don't want to be here anymore, I want to get out. And so I called my mum hysterical talking about wanting to get out and end it and not want to be here and he just sat in the other room, didn't say anything, didn't come out and comfort me, nothing. So I ended up hanging up the phone and walking in there and saying, you're driving me to the airport. This is my itinerary. We're leaving in half an hour. And then we drove to the airport. <laughs> I remember he was, like I said, he was not a little bit hippie, but he used to have this pendulum 
things that he would ask questions and spin. And apparently if it spins a certain way, it means a yes or a no. And anyway, I didn't let him drive. I think I just wanted to just drive and then hand over the car. I don't know. So we were halfway on the way to the airport and I just remember going, did you ask your pendulum whether we should get married? And he was like, yes. And I was like, and did it say no? And he said, yes. And I was like, you bloody coward. If like, that is ridiculous. But also if you don't want to do this, just have the guts to tell me now, like, why couldn't he just say it? Why did I have to keep asking and checking in? Anyway, so he cried the entire way to the airport. I got out of the car. He said, I'm sorry. I said, don't be sorry. I just wish you felt different. He got in my car and drove it home and I got on the plane back home. Okay. Wow. (laughs) I have a lot of questions and I'm trying to figure out what one to ask first. Okay. How did you know that it wasn't just the marriage or sorry, it wasn't just the wedding being called off. It was the relationship being called off. I think because when you you really love someone and someone says, I love you, but I'm not ready to get married. It's just he was trying to soften the blow. Like I said, I just went straight to my best friend who did exactly the same with her partner. She didn't want to do the blow of I no longer want to marry you, nor do I want to be with you. So I'm going to try and soften it with this approach. And so as soon as I heard, but I'm not ready to get married, I just in my brain went, it's not about you not being ready to get married. You were the one who wanted to get married. You're six years older than I am. You are the one who wanted this. So this is not you choosing. You don't want that anymore. You don't want me anymore. So you fly home. Do you fall in a complete heap when you get there? Like who calls around to the wedding venue and cancels it? Who emails the guests? Like the logistics are just a fuck, I imagine, to deal with on top of this extreme heartbreak. The funny, one of the, It's not funny, but it's funny looking back retrospectively. I got off the plane and I've got a family of six. My entire family of five was waiting at the airport with the dog. No one could speak, so they just let the dog run up and run all over me because no one knew what to say. I got in the car and I cried the entire way on the plane and I, I couldn't remember whether, not remember, I couldn't work out whether I should get a wine, you know, and have a glass of wine or maybe that would put me in hysterics or, you know, with that calm, some of the, the pain that I was feeling. So I just kind of remember getting halfway home and saying, Mum, go to the bottle get me a bottle of wine. I just need something. So we do that. We get home. I have one glass and I relaxed completely. Uh, Part of me felt relief, which felt very odd. And then dad walked in the door and his first reaction was, yes. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that you're hurting and that you're sad. But yes, I'm so excited for this. Yes. Which was quite jarring to hear because no one had said anything. But yeah, I spent the next probably hour or two hours just sitting down with mum and dad talking it through. And the more I kind of spoke it through, the more I felt relieved. That was on the Thursday. Then I gave it to, we was, maybe we were supposed to speak again on the Sunday. And so I called him on the Sunday and I said, it's okay. I understand that it's over. I'm grateful that you had the guts to tell me now and not jilt me on the day or, 
you know, after we got married. So I'm going to stay here for the week. I'm going to cancel everything. I'm going to come back on Saturday. I will show you where everything's gone in terms of money and logistics and, and everything, what I've been able to get back. And then we'll work out what we're going to do with the house. So then I spent the next week. He only probably had 30 out of the 120 guests going and I just kind of sent him his list to contact. So I called 110 people over and over again being like, Josh doesn't want to get married anymore. It was it was humiliating but I kind of felt like the quicker I got it out, the quicker I got people to know it wasn't going ahead Also, I didn't want people who had booked all their accommodation or everything else to find out any later. I then went back to the jewellers and they gave me my money back on the spot. They'd already made the ring that was like a custom-made ring to go in and I was supposed to go up and pick it up and they just took it back from me, transferred me the money straight back. They were family friends. That's probably the only moment I cried in public. The the jeweler said something and it just set me off. And my little sister was like, I'm sorry, grabbed me and just ran out of the store and put me in the car. And then I called every other supplier, everything. Um, I ended up being able to get 95% of everything we had purchased for the wedding back because of my relationship with the suppliers. Our wedding venue was, like I said, again, just transferred me everything on the spot. They were absolutely devastated. I think everyone was so devastated. Everyone had no idea. Everyone felt awful. And for some reason, I don't know, they just gave it all back besides a little bit of the honeymoon and something to do with his tuxes or suits or something. Otherwise, I got it all back. How do you piece your heart back together though like your heart has been shattered do your friends kind of encircle you in their arms and I don't know burn the dress or do some kind of like spiritual crystal thing in a full moon like how do you put yourself back together and who was important in that time talking about the dress I picked up the dress two weeks later after it was completely done it was all fitted it was all ready to go I think that was the most humiliating thing walking outside the shop or the head office of where the dress was made carrying this white dress and not actually going to wear the white dress. That was humiliating. So I actually sold that off um, to another girl who absolutely loved the dress. Um, So that felt really nice in that moment. In terms of who put me back together, I'm very lucky to have such a, a supportive network, so many friends. And so putting myself back together was definitely family, definitely my best girlfriends, but most of all, it it was me. And I think that was the, the hardest part of it all is I don't really like to spend time on my own. I like to be distracted with everyone else, but the only person that can heal you is you. And so I was, I didn't want this to be baggage that I carried around forever I didn't want to be damaged. I didn't want any of this to be to break me when it very much could have. So I did everything you can possibly imagine to recover. Yes, I had those crazy nights out to try and distract myself and make it go away probably way too often. But I also did a psychologist every four weeks. I did spiritual Reiki healing. I did melatonin to sleep because I had insomnia for a couple of months while the settlement was going through. 
yeah, I did the work and it was hard. There were so many nights where I just cried myself to sleep on the couch or I just cried on the couch because I couldn't call anyone else. I'd called it my whole support network and they were probably so sick of hearing from me. So I just had to learn to self-soothe. I do remember this funny story when I went to my psychologist. She said, there's going to be one moment. You've been way too gracious in all of this. You haven't sworn. You haven't got angry at him. I never said anything. I just said, thank you for not doing it. And, you know, I'm grateful. And she's like, one day something's going to happen. Someone's going to push in front of you in the bank line and you're going to irrationally lose your shit. She's like, so just be warned. It may not be the bank line, but something will happen. And it did. Um, he stalked me on LinkedIn. I deleted him from all social media and he stalked me on LinkedIn and it said that Josh had looked at your page. And when I looked on his page, I was seeing that he was moving to Melbourne or something and it set in. The irrational ash took over. I called my best girlfriends and said, that's it. I'm going around there. I'm changing the locks on the doors. I'm confronting him. And the girl's like, okay, okay, but we're going to take you. We're going to take you on our own. So we'll pick you up after work. We'll go all together and we'll make sure that this is, you know, great. The girls picked me up from work, took me to a restaurant and locked me in and said, you are not going anywhere near him ever. You are staying in this restaurant. You are having wines. And when you feel comfortable and when you feel better, we will ask you whether it's actually what you want to do. And if you do, then we'll drive you back to see him. But at this point, you're not going anywhere near him. And thank God, I'm so grateful for them for that moment because I could have put all my gracious, beautiful things that I did completely out the door and looked like a batshit crazy ex. So <laughs> I'm really grateful for that, for them. I mean, it sounds like you have some incredible people around you. And I want to kind of ask you about the conversations that you had with your girlfriends and your mum and dad after this relationship ended, because you did say both your mum and dad kind of didn't beat around the bush when everything was on the table. What was it about the relationship that everybody, or at least your parents, felt was not quite right? I think if I'm looking back at it retrospectively, I wasn't happy. I had severe anxiety for those four years that I was with him. I had moved so far from the person who I'm actually, who I am now or who I was supposed to be in order to cater for him and make the relationship work to the point where a week before we broke up, I agreed not to vaccinate our children because I was that sure that I was trying to make something work. I would never do that now. And I realised how far I was willing to compromise who I was to be with him and make it work. And so I think my family could feel that that I wasn't true Ash, I wasn't fully happy Ash. In the end, they started in the last couple of months, they started to notice some kind of demeaning um, conversation towards me or tone or faces that they started to notice. They could tell something was up, maybe that he wasn't interested or whatever. No, no one said anything. I guess how do you tell your daughter or your friend that we don't want you to marry the person that you were so set on marrying? There wasn't one inch of me thinking to myself I was not going to marry him. So it would have been a very hard force field for them to get through. I completely get that. But I think, yeah, I wasn't really me. I wasn't really happy and your family know you better than anyone. So they read all of that. And, yeah, they were absolutely stoked that it didn't go through. Meanwhile, I was very angry that no one said anything. And now I have asked everyone that if I do end up with someone that you don't like, you have permission to let me know and I will listen to you this time. But, yeah, I, I wish they had have said something. I don't know how you would say it, but 
everything happens for a reason and we are where we are now. Is it fair to say that with hindsight, you're pretty grateful that he cancelled the wedding? Oh, grateful is an understatement. Um, Obviously, it was brutal and the most awful thing to go through, but I would do it again if I had to live my life again in a heartbeat. I would take it all. I'm super grateful that he called it. When I did ask him, he said he'd been feeling it for a year and he was hoping that it would go away, but he just never, ever spoke to me about it because he was hoping that things would change in his mind. So, yeah, I'm grateful that he did it and I'm grateful for the year's worth of work I had to do on myself to become who I am now. I would never give him a hug or say thank you. I'd never give him that happiness to get that from me. But I do. I'm so I'm so appreciative that it didn't happen. I'm so appreciative that it happened the way that it did and that it never went through. What does life look like now? Life is unreal now. I have met my new partner, Andy, and I didn't ever like believe in soulmates or anything like that. Um but he's everything I could have asked for and 10 times more. And I don't think, sorry. I don't think I would have ever appreciated him or found him or without what happened. So my life is like a dream now. I have the best person in the world and I, yeah, We practice gratitudes together daily. Every morning or every night over dinner, we do our gratefuls because I'm so excited to have him in my life. And I don't care if I lived in a tin shed as long as I had him. You've been listening to Love Etc., a production from Shameless Media. To support the show, please click subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. Sign up to Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move towards friendship, professional and romantic relationships. We will see you guys next Friday.